The following program contains strong sexual content. Viewer discretion is advised. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. The shocking story behind the headlines. She claims her friend tried to steal her unborn child. You said you had a strange feeling about it. How did this expectant mom... She came into my room and she closed the door. ...survive such a horrific nightmare? She quickly was putting something in the diaper bag, yes. right? Two butcher knives. She wanted to kill me and rip my baby right from my womb. Plus... She has baby fever, but he's not ready for a bigger family. You said that you would like to have 20 children. Yeah. You've gone to the level of betrayal in your marriage to create this. I've tried to seduce him while he was asleep. I will get it from him, because he's got it. I just have to have it. I need more children. I need them. Boy, you're getting really scary. Let's do it. Why don't we stop all the drama, stop all the fighting, and let's go get you better. Here we go. Have a good show, everybody. If I can help get this family back on track, are you willing to do that? Ready, free. Take it. This is going to be a changing day in your life. They are gruesome headlines that read like a made-for-TV movie. But for the victims, they are all too real. Woman accused of killing pregnant friend, cutting baby out of her dead body, used stun gun. Woman allegedly stole fetus, killed mom. Pregnant woman dead, baby stolen. Unfortunately, none of the pregnant women in these headlines survived the diabolical attacks. But the pregnant girl from this news story, teen in Arizona, attacked pregnant friend, tried to cut baby out of her womb, police say, did survive. We'll meet her in just a bit. It's an unbelievable story. But first, I want to talk to a mom who is so desperate to have more children that she calls her condition baby fever. Katie has gone to great lengths and has pulled some pretty dirty tricks behind her husband's back to get pregnant. I'm definitely obsessed with having more children. I think most of Katie's waking hours are spent thinking of how many more children she wants. An ideal family for me would probably be 10 or more. If Katie had her way, she would be pregnant right this second. I would gladly like to be pregnant 200 times. As soon as my daughter was born in the delivery room, I said, let's have another one. I've tried some very dirty tricks to try to get another baby. I'll pin him down so he can't push me off. He can't get away. While Katie and I were having protected sex with a condom, against my knowledge, she would take the condom that was thrown away, and she would take the contents, and she would use it to get pregnant. I felt very betrayed. I wasn't sure what other kinds of things she was doing behind my back. I've done my research when it comes to getting pregnant. Katie would watch YouTube videos and try to find the best day to attempt to get pregnant. I've studied the female anatomy and the male anatomy in order to find out how to get pregnant the easiest way. Getting pregnant was all Katie could think about. I have a daughter, but need more. Need more babies. I'm afraid if I don't have more children, I will feel like I didn't fulfill my job. I know I should be happy with what I have, I just can't help it. I'm the last guy on earth that's dumb enough to go on national television and presume to tell a woman, oh, you have a baby, that's enough, you just need to move on. Right. But I also know that sometimes things can go to the point where desire becomes obsession. What is it with you? Is it desire or is it obsession? I'd say it's an extremely strong desire. It's a need. It's a need. Okay, well, how many children do you want to have? 
as many as my hips and our budget will allow. You said that you would like to have 20 children. Yeah, I think I could handle it. Because they wouldn't all be the same age. So, you know, well, you learn not. as you go along. You, you so. would, but you would have 20 children if you could right yeah. now. You, you would say yeah. that. Do you think that's reasonable? I want to think it's reasonable. Yeah. What is it about you that says you want to have that many kids? I want to be busy all the time. All, my child is very agreeable. She's very easy to handle. I want more. It's just too much sitting around and letting her be happy. I want more. I want more to go, go, go. I don't want to just well, wait. But, but children aren't for your entertainment. You could get a hobby. You could play basketball. <laughs> you could get a job. I mean, you could paint the house. There are a lot of things you could do. But you don't just, and, and here, this is my point. You have children, you can have children for right reasons and wrong reasons. I, I, I know people that have children like jewelry. It's like the cool thing is to have a couple of children. So they have kids and they wear them like jewelry. I, I oh, know people that have children not. because they love children and they want to have them and they want to enrich their lives and they want to make a difference in the world. And they, it's for all the right reasons. And then yeah. I, I see people that, they have children, and the children are born with a job. They want to fix their marriage. They want to fix oh, their relationship, no, no. and they have a child the to child. heal a bad relationship. And I hear you saying, I want to have children because I'm bored. I, oh, I want activity. Bored. I just feel like I can do it. Children need a mother that can be engaged and be plugged into them, and I can do it. I can be their mother, and I can be their hero that they need. But you're, can... you've actually gone to the level of betrayal in your marriage to create this. Yeah. What are the dirty tricks that you've tried? Um, guilt trips <clears throat> every single day. I'm not getting any younger. Um, I've collected what I need to have the baby, saved it, and injected it into myself to attempt to get pregnant. Yeah. So he thinks he's had protected sex, pregnancy-wise protected sex, and you go behind his back, retrieve it. That's right. How is that not... I never said it wasn't wrong. I know it's wrong. But I need more children. What? I need more children. I need them. But how is that okay? I mean, how, how, would, you, how would you feel if, if you brought a baby in the world based on betrayal and deception of the baby's father? Because I can tell you from a, from a dad's standpoint, right. that would not be okay with me. Right. I don't think any husband would be okay with I that. I think once the baby is there, it would be different because the baby's there. He now knows that you trusted. are willing to betray him, deceive him, lie to him, use him, and abuse him in order to meet your own needs. Yeah. So what does he say to himself about that after you do that? I think he would feel like I can't be trusted, like he can't go to sleep at night. Because so you would bring a baby into that union. What else have you done? I've um, tried to seduce him while he was asleep. Because when you're asleep, you wake up kind of drunk. You don't know what you're doing. And if he was in that mindset, I could get what I wanted, and it wouldn't be me betraying him. Boy, so. you're getting really scary. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not mean about it. I don't rape him. I. That's not manipulative? It you is. would catch him in a drunken state. That's called diminished capacity. When he's in the twilight zone, Correct. and then you would hope that he wouldn't... Just didn't care. 
that he wouldn't take a precaution because he's in a diminished capacity. He's in that zone and that he would impregnate you without full awareness. Right. Okay, and that's, not, that's manipulative, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I, I realize what I'm doing is not right, but I think once the baby gets here, everything will be fine. What else have you done? Um, You've gotten he... on top of him before to the point that he just couldn't get well, you Well, you away. know, so I just have to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> uh, so I want to meet him. So we're going right. to take a break. Okay. And we're, I'm going to see if he thinks about this the way I do. We're going to talk with Katie's husband, Jeff, find out how he feels about her trying to trick him into getting her pregnant. I've just covered a few of the ways. There are more. Uh, FCC says we can't mention them all. We'll be right back. I love being a mother so much, I want to just have as many babies as I can possibly have until I either go through menopause or die. I'm worried that she'll never know when to stop or when to say enough is enough. And later... A Maricopa woman is accused of plotting to kill her pregnant friend. Police say they arrived at the victim's home on reports of a fire and found Cassandra Taruga holding two large butcher knives and a pair of scissors. She wanted to kill me and rip my baby right from my womb. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. She thinks her mother-in-law can't stand her. Do you hate her? Yes, I do. And she's right. Is she perfect? No. She's a young bride. She's going to burn the turkey. She has to cook it first. He cooks. What will it take? She hates me so much. You don't know much that's good about her. To control her hate. Your co-workers said you called us the horrible family. Well, I would think you kind of qualify, don't you? That's tomorrow. Then on Friday... I did not kill my wife. A husband under suspicion. She was in the tub face down. You didn't pull her out. How did you know that she couldn't be revived? You weren't in the situation. I was. That woman was dead. That's Friday. Well, Katie admits, she says herself, she has baby fever because she is desperate to have as many as 20 babies with her husband, Jeff. But he's not ready for a bigger family. Unfortunately, Jeff may not have a choice in the matter because Katie is determined to do what it takes. Do whatever it takes to get pregnant. Take a look. Katie's obsession with having babies does frighten me. I'm worried that she'll never know when to stop or when to say enough is enough. I feel stuck. Like... I'm waiting for my life to start. I mean, I have a daughter, but need more. I love being a mother so much, I want to just have as many babies as I can possibly have until I either go through menopause or die. She said the woman from 19 Kids of County was her hero, her idol. She looks up to her a lot. I was overwhelmed when I heard that. I think there needs to be a lot more kids in the world. The world is extremely underpopulated, in my opinion. Well, you've been listening to what we've been talking about so far, and you've guessed that I'm pretty indignant about this. Yes. I mean, it's not even me and I'm indignant about it. How do you feel about this? I, I'm Honestly, I'm kind of happy just having one kid to spoil, and um, if it were up to me, I think I'd keep that way for a while. How do you feel about the betrayal here, the deception, the manipulation, y using... You. I think she pretty much hit it when she said that, you know, it's, 
it's it's crazy and it's betray it's betrayal and but what's like once the baby gets here it's like how could I complain that you know that there's such a beautiful child even if it was betrayal to get to that point how could I complain? I, are you serious? I've I've been fighting. We we've had a lot of arguments and you know after she confessed a lot of the things to me that she talked about with you earlier I. There, there were definitely a lot of arguments. I was very unhappy, betrayed. I, the you, trust. you have, you have relations with her. She waits until you go to sleep. She goes and gets in the trash. Yep. And redoes this. Yep. Do you wake up at night worried what she might be doing? I don't feel. I don't necessarily feel okay with it. I, I feel like if I'm disagreeing with her or making it seem like it's terrible, that I, I would be a bad father or a bad husband because she wants the kids right now, and I want to wait for them. So. You, you keep switching on me here. I'm talking about betrayal, deception, and violation of relationship dynamics, and you talk about being a bad father or a husband. If anybody's being a bad partner in this relationship, it's the one who is lying, cheating, deceiving, and manipulating not the one who is objecting to it. I, I get the feeling you wouldn't yell fire if she set you on fire. It's essentially, yes. I, that's right. Wow. Are, are you vegetarian? Yes. You probably wonder why I asked that. You are a vegetarian, and she made you start eating meat. Yeah, there was... Why? Um, Soy kills sperm. Soy kills, kills it? Yeah, it kills it. Kills the little children. According to something she read online, I don't remember the exact source, but she said that the, the products in the soy burgers and, you know, the veggie burgers and everything, according to... Diminishes your sperm count. It, it, it diminishes it. It makes it practically worthless. So she made you start eating meat. Yep. Has she threatened to find somebody else that will give her a baby if you don't? She hasn't necessarily said that she will leave me if I don't give her a baby, but she's, I've, definitely, I've definitely been worried on the inside that if I don't give her what she wants, that she'll try to find somebody. Well, but in a fight, she didn't say she'd leave you. She just said she'd go get another player, right? She'd go get right. somebody to make a contribution to the... <laughs> right. Well, in an ideal world, they will all be his children. That doesn't mean I'll cheat on him. I mean, even, even but I when... I will cheat with him. <laughs> I will get it from him. Because he's got it. I just have to have it. I mean, she's even told me that, you know, hey, we Does could always... Does this make sense to you? Yes. It sounds a little extreme. A little. A little. <laughs> but it needs to be that way. I kind of feel like everything she's saying, like, I should be freaking out about, but I think... Do you think? <laughs> It feels like everything that she's said and done in the last couple of years has, it, it almost feels like it's flattening out and becoming like normal, like it's just routine. Like I have, to, I have to make sure that my pants were the way I left them before I went to sleep and that I'm still wearing them when I wake up kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I would think you would uh, want to sleep on your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> now... I, obviously, you know that I think that Katie's desires are extreme, that they are obsessive, to the point that she is re willing to betray, deceive, and manipulate her life partner, her, 
her husband. Correct. And it makes sense to her. And obviously, I think there's something that has distorted her perceptions to the point that makes sense out of nonsense. Right. And I'm going to tell you what I think's behind all that when we come back. Okay. Katie was robbed of her childhood. I don't think Katie has ever properly dealt with what happened to her. Now that I have a child, I know I have a purpose. This February on Dr. Phil. My son Nick is addicted to heroin. I love it right when it gets in my vein. Said he was going to bring an M16 and grenades to blow up the school. Nick is labeled as a terrorist. Did you threaten to kill my producer and his family? Yeah, I did. But that's not really who you are, is it? You don't know who I am. My mom hates Hannah. She's never even met her. Hannah was his best friend's girlfriend. Why does he have to take his friend's leftovers? Gail is going to meet her future daughter-in-law because the devil woman is here. Boy, if looks could kill. February's the month for unforgettable drama. My dad would bring his friends over and watch them sexually abuse us. Why did their mother disappear over 30 years ago? There's stories that my dad kidnapped us. Your mother is alive. Did you ever try to look for us? Because I would die before I would let somebody do that to my kids. This February, only on Dr. Phil. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. You look at Jeff and Katie here, and what an attractive couple, just a, a young, energetic couple, and they are parents to a beautiful child, uh, ba baby Gabby. But Katie wants more kids right away. She wanted more children while she was still in the hospital, and she has gone to extreme lengths to try to get pregnant again, even resorting to deceiving her husband in some very nefarious and manipulative ways. And you, you are creative. I feel like even sitting right here that there's a clock just ticking back and forth. And I'm... Well, I am female. I, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I know we're getting older. We're not getting younger. But I, I just feel like time's always against me. And I'm just not, I'm not doing the right thing here. Yeah, and that clock ticking, you're uh, every bit of 22... 23 in a month. 23 in a month. Mm -hmm. So you've got to hurry. <laughs> well, it's a lot harder on your body to have children after 27. Here's the thing. Obviously, um, I understand why you get away with a lot of this with him because, frankly, you are very charming and I have no doubt that you are a very loving mother. But you get what I mean when I say that people are motivated by a, a lot of different things. I do. In, in their lives. And we are a product of our learning history and our experiences. And what makes him want, you know, one or two or three or no children and makes someone else want, 
you know, a family of four children or two or whatever. It, it's all based on our learning history. And Can't it and, be a nature versus nurture, though? Can't you grown up to want that? Like, oh, sure. It's just I mean, inside of you? There are all of, of these different things that impinge upon us, sure. I mean, things from inside, things from outside. And, you know, I, I think from a psychological perspective, I, I look at all of that, and I look at the things that have been in your life history, and I think that you need to have insight into yourself about what's affected you. So, you know, when I look at this, when I look at what's behind Katie's desperate attempt to have more children, uh, I, I think there's a very upsetting reason uh, buried in her past. We've talked about it. Take a look, and then I'll tell Katie what I think. I had an extremely difficult childhood. I was sexually abused by my father from the age of nine until I was 18. Katie was robbed of her childhood. She was trapped in her life. He would guilt me into it. I'm your father, I love you, I wouldn't ask you to do something that's not good for you. Her father told me that he would never hurt his daughter. Katie's just making all that up for attention. My father got caught, I turned him in. My dad's currently in jail, he's serving a 15 year sentence. I don't think Katie has ever properly dealt with what happened to her. The abuse has greatly affected my ability to trust people. I think that she wants to tell herself that she's let it go, but I don't think that she really has the tools to do that. Now that I have a child, I know I have a purpose. The real reason Katie wants more children is because she wants to give every bit of her heart to those children and give them a better life than she had. If I think about what I went through, it makes me extremely angry and upset and on edge. You know, you, um, you went through that not for a short period of time, which is certainly not okay. Uh, I don't mean to trivialize that. But you went through this for years. Yes. Um, Sorry to interrupt you, but I don't understand why that would want me to make me desire to have more children. Don't you think that would make me not want any children? I'm glad you asked that uh, because I, I do want to share my thoughts with you about that when we come back. Closed captioning provided by... And the question that you owe it to yourself to ask yourself is what impact has this had on me? What impact does this have on my value system? As you say, it could, it would seem logically that it might say, I wouldn't want to have any children. I wouldn't want to bring them into a terrible world. It could also cause you to say, if I had children, maybe I could recapture my childhood through their childhood. Maybe I could give them what I didn't have. Maybe I could live through them and vicariously get what was stolen from me. Maybe if I had a whole bunch of children and it was all joy and fun and light and balloons and, and, and joy it might erase some of this horrible memory. Well, and listen, listen, just hear what I have to say, because mm -hmm. you know what you have to say, but you don't know what I have That's to true. say. So hear what I have to say. You know, it, it might be 
that those children could be seen by you as a way to heal those wounds and fill that void and close that gap, and the more the better. I don't know that. It would be presumptuous of me to tell you that, but I can tell you if, if, if I was still in private practice and you came to me and you laid this out, that would be on my short list of considerations to explore with you. And I don't know that that's the case, but it would be on my short list of considerations. And, and it would cause me to say that as a mother, I would want you to be fully functioning. I would want you to not be paranoid about your own child. Be hear me, because of what you have gone through. And so my number one priority would be to try and help you to heal any and all damage to your self-worth, your self-esteem, to your value system about all things family, about all things sexual, about all things value. And I would quickly realize that those things had been damaged because I would see that you thought it was okay to do the things that you're doing in a relationship that would cause me to know that your compass had been knocked off its, its balance. And so... I would say that I have a damaged person here that needs some healing, that needs some help, that has so many wonderful characteristics about her that she deserves to have this, this healed. And, and so I would want to help you with those things. And once that was done, then whatever you thought about motherhood and whatever you felt your needs were, your maternal instincts to have children, I would place a lot more credibility on that once I knew that you were whole again and healed again inside. And, and I would bet that once that was done that you wouldn't be so cavalier about deceiving and betraying your husband, that you would, that you would put more importance on those values. And so what I'm telling you is that I want you to do that. I, I want you to give yourself the chance to heal those wounds that I know are open to you. You're not four years out of that horrible situation. And I make that offer to you. I make the offer to you to arrange for you in your town, in your world, to arrange for you some very specialized help to heal what's happened in, in you to give you a different perspective. And after that's happened, you may look at this exactly the same way you do now, but you might look at it very differently. But either way, you and your husband, your daughter, your family deserve for you to be tended to. And I make that offer to you. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, if I'm all wet, if that has nothing to do with it, what do you have to lose? You have That's nothing true. but to gain. Time. By this. Lose time. Well, you're not going to lose time. I mean, because <laughs> this is something that I, I will arrange to start with you immediately. Please. And... Listen, you deserve this, and your daughter deserves this. She deserves the world. Will, will you do this? For her. If I make these arrangements, no. will you do yeah. this? Yes. Seriously, yes, you'll immerse yourself in this and do this? Yes, sir. If I can be what she deserves, she's an angel. She deserves everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at her. She's perfect. I know. You couldn't ask for a more perfect baby. And she deserves a, f a full mom, and, and to do that, you need to tend to yourself a bit here. Will you do that? Yeah. Okay, all right, I'm gonna stop right there. I don't wanna talk about anything else. All right, next, I wanna talk about the true story of a pregnant teen who says she barely survived murder 
and the abduction of her unborn baby. Can you imagine going through that situation? She says her friend got her alone in her bedroom and allegedly schemed to cut her fetus completely out of her body in order to raise the baby as her own. We'll be right back. She came into my room, turned the light off, and she closed the door. My instincts were telling me that she was going to hurt me. I put my hands inside the diaper bag, and the first thing my hands touch are two butcher knives. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. I hate my daughter-in-law with a passion. She hates me so much. Did you say to her, my son can marry you, but I don't have to like you? I never said that. Did she say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... Let's take a look again at this disturbing headline from the news. Teen in Arizona attacked pregnant friend, tried to cut baby out of her womb, police say. Now, thank God the pregnant woman from this story survived her ordeal. Her name is Angelique, and she's here today to tell us about this night. When I was nine months pregnant, a friend introduced me to Cassandra. Cassandra said that she was seven months pregnant at the time. She just seemed like she wanted to be like really close to me. She called me, I wanted to get together and hang out. She came over and stayed at my house for a long time with me and my mom, just talking. During a conversation, we were discussing different ways to deliver a baby. Talking about what would happen if you were to get a C-section, where would you cut? How do you cut? Where do you cut? What utensils do they use? She took a real interest in how you're cut, vertically or horizontally. I had a C-section, so I showed her a scar, letting her know, like, it's small. It's just from here to here. I eventually had to leave. I had to take my boys to football practice. After my mom left, Cassandra told me that she had some presents for me. She came into my room, turned the light off, and she closed the door. She had a diaper bag with her that she had all the presents in. She was digging through this bag that she brought with her. I started to get really scared. My heart was pounding, my hands were shaking. She put one hand on my shoulder, leaned me forward, and counted to three. She said one, two, and when she got to three, I jumped up and turned on the light. She was putting something back into her bag. My instincts were telling me that she was gonna hurt me. All of a sudden, I started smelling smoke. And I'm like, do you smell that? And she was like, no, I don't smell anything. I opened my closet, there's flames everywhere. I just start crying, I panic. I returned home. The police were there, the firefighters were there. It was just a panic. I couldn't believe what was happening. The police and the firefighters started to investigate what was going on, and the only thing that Cassandra brought with her was a diaper bag. I put my hands inside the diaper bag, and the first thing my hands touch are two butcher knives. A Maricopa woman is accused of plotting to kill her pregnant friend. Police say they arrived at the victim's home on reports of a fire and found Cassandra Taruga holding two large butcher knives and a pair of scissors. She wanted to kill me and rip my baby right from my womb. If I had not gotten up and turned on the light, she could have stabbed me and gotten away with everything. Well, it's tough to kind of recount that, right? Yes, it's hard to watch. When you look back on it, um, we always say that hindsight's 2020. 20 um, 
you, you had some bells going off, right? Yes, I did. Um, what do you think now about ignoring those bells? I feel like I shouldn't have ignored them. I mean, there's a lot of signs that I just didn't look, I didn't look into it. I just thought, you know, I was the crazy one for thinking that she was even capable yeah, see, of that. that. See, that's the thing. I so want to get that out of your head. This is a nice person. And unfortunately, this is the kind of person that bad people target. I've written a book about this. I write a lot of books. I hadn't written one for a long time. And I wrote this book about people like you, about nice people who get taken advantage of. The book is called Life Code. I worked on this book with my son, Jay, because we're two different generations. And he's actually the publisher of the book. He has a publishing company, Bird Streak Books. And we compared notes. And basically what I've said is the rules have changed, and when the rules change, then you need a new rule book. And we basically talk about the fact that a lot of what our parents all taught us just doesn't apply in this day and time anymore. For example, we were taught you need to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? This is a Christian thing to do. It's a good thing to do. You just, you just give people the benefit of the doubt. You just simply can't do that. You can't give people the benefit of the doubt. And I picked out some of those things that you talked about, and I want to look at them here just okay. real quick. First off, you said that you had a strange feeling about Cassandra, yes. but you still invited her to your home. Yes. <laughs> now, you had an instinct, and you ignored it, right? Yes, I did. You said you had a strange feeling about her. Yes. Then you said you even asked your mother if you thought she was weird. So it rose to the level that you actually said it out loud. Yes. But yet you stayed home alone with her when your mother took the boys to football practice. I'm just, I put up my trust into everybody. I mean, I know I shouldn't do that and I've learned from that. A friend came to the door and you told him, Cassandra is acting weird. You, you say it out loud for a second time, but yet he leaves and you stay alone with her, yes. right? So now you've thought it, you've said it to two different people. Then you say, I was scared, but you went to a dark bedroom with her to give you the last present. That's when I started getting like really strange feelings. Yeah, then next you say panicked, you let Cassandra sit behind you in a dark room. She actually got behind you. Yes, she did. And then you said, I was worried. How do you ask a friend, are you trying to kill me? How do you, how, I mean, really You're though, afraid of you... hurting their feelings? Yes, I was. Let's I mean, see. Like, how do you say I that to somebody? I could get killed or I could hurt her feelings. I mean, but how do you really ask somebody like, hey, are you trying to kill me? That's how nice you are. If the conversation has gotten to the point where that question is part of the dialogue, <laughs> then it's time for them to go home, okay? And, and the point is, th that's what I mean. And I hate for us to take the nice parts out of someone, but we do have to claim the right to put up boundaries around ourselves, right? And mm -hmm. say, if I have an instinct, I'm, I'm going to listen. Oh, no, yes, I agree. I, I mean, I, I definitely have learned. Yeah, you, you agree now, of course. <laughs> All right, let's take a break for a minute. Next, Angelique's mother, Celeste, says that even though Cassandra is locked up 
her daughter still lives in fear. Well, of course, wouldn't you? And I'm going to tell you why that doesn't go away when we come back. here in the studio audience, right? We have a lot of fun here. If you're going to be in the Los Angeles area and you would like free tickets, go to drphil.com and click on Be in the Audience or you can call 323-461-PHIL. That's 323-461-7445. Ten days after Cassandra tried to murder me, I gave birth to my son. Today, Ryland is a healthy two-year-old. <laughs> I feel very lucky just to be alive. My son's very lucky to be alive. When I look at my son and I hold him, I just thank God every single day that he's in my arms. And he's so beautiful. <laughs> I just get so happy when I think about him calling me mom. This has changed my daughter drastically. Even though Cassandra's locked up, Angelique still lives in fear. I replay that night over and over again in my head. Angelique has nightmares all the time. If I would walk into her room and she'd been sleeping, she'd jump up like somebody was attacking her. I constantly check on him when he's sleeping. I constantly make sure that there's no one lurking around the house. I make sure that he's safe at all times. She does not put him in a daycare. She does not allow people to babysit him. I don't trust people. People tell me, your son's so cute. I just want to steal him, and the first thing I think of is get away from him. As a mom, I wish I could step in and fix this. My greatest fear for when Cassandra gets up, she's going to come back after me. Angelique still fears that Cassandra will come back to finish what she started. I'm afraid that I'm never going to get over it, and it's just going to take over my life. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> We're going to make sure that doesn't happen, and I want to talk about this. You clearly uh, have gone through a, a, a very traumatic situation, and you find yourself playing the what-if game, right? Yes. What if she had been more efficient? What if... What if I, what if I didn't turn around on three? What would have happened? Right, because when you turned around, she quickly was putting something in the diaper bag, yes. right? What if, what if, what if, what if? Uh, and, and what if can, can drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. um, are, you, are you seeing her react to this on a regular basis? Is she thinking about it a lot? Oh, she does. She, as you can see, she doesn't forget anything. She's very much, it's in her mind constantly. She doesn't trust people. I've studied very carefully all the things that you've told us and all the things that your mother has shared with us. And very understandably, there's a real possibility here that you may be suffering from some post-traumatic stress disorder here. And that is a syndrome that is both psychological and neurological. Because when you go through something like this, you can get in a neurological loop where your brain kind of replays and replays and replays this and you kind of relive it. Mm -hmm. It can be as really poignant as it was the time that it happened, the actual day, moment that it happened. Emotionally, you can replay it in your brain, you can have nightmares, you can have disrupted sleep. Um, it can be very disruptive to your life. Now the good news is 
this is a very treatable situation on a short-term basis. It, it can be helped in a, in a, in a short-term basis and you, can get a, and you can get a grip on this. But I do think that we, we certainly need to evaluate you for that and see if, in fact, that is what's going on. Number two, I do want to tell you that most people that have the obsession that she had with you and did this, you will no longer be a relevant target by the time that she gets out. Yeah. She was obsessed with this infant, and she was mimicking this pregnancy. She was obsessed with having that baby. By the time she is released, your child will be growing up. This will be something that is no longer within her obsession, even if she doesn't get treatment while she is away. I want you to take those things into consideration, okay? okay. Uh, there's one thing I need to tell Angelique not to do with her son for certain that can have very far-reaching implications when we come back. Closed captioning provided by... Today's show is almost over, but you can always go to drphil.com to find advice on relationships, parenting, finances, and much more. You can also watch previews of upcoming shows, get access to exclusive content and behind-the-scenes footage. That you won't find anywhere else. So log on. What are you waiting for? Um, I, I hear your son in the background there. I'd love for him to come out and let everybody see him. Is that all right with you? Yeah. All right, why don't we bring uh, the little one out? This is Rylan. I've got a grandson about that age, so I get it. You know, what I wanted to say to you is, you know, we really need to make sure that we teach our children to self-protect and we teach them to be aware. We have to be careful that we don't teach them to be afraid of the world. We just need to teach them to be aware of the world but not afraid of the world, and that's a balance. And, you know, we'll talk to you about all of that as we do all of this, because what I want to do, um, if, if we can, is I want to get you some very specialized help uh, to talk to you about this PTSD situation, and we'll let him continue to play. All right, guys. For the rest of you, go to drphil.com, where you can find so much more, including tips to move past that moment of crisis and you'll see how to identify evil people in your life and to avoid the devastation that those people can cause. Now, I'm very proud to say that my book, Life Code, The New Rules for Winning in the Real World, as I said, is published by my son Jay's publishing company, Bird Streak Books. And right now, it can only be purchased through their online bookstore, thebooknook.com, because uh, it's only available in exclusive presale. It won't be in bookstores until February 12th. Everybody in the audience today is going home with a copy. So I'm going to give everybody a copy. So long. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. For the rest of you, go to drphil.com where you can find so much more, including tips to move past that moment of crisis. And you'll see how to identify evil people in your life 
and to avoid the devastation that those people can cause. Now, I'm very proud to say that my book, Life Code, The New Rules for Winning in the Real World, as I said, is published by my son Jay's publishing company, Bird Streak Books. And right now, it can only be purchased through their online bookstore, thebooknook.com, because uh, it's only available in exclusive presale. It won't be in bookstores until February 12th. Everybody in the audience today is going home with a copy. So I'm going to give everybody a copy. So long. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.